Welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners, here today with the podcast team to talk about the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be really exciting. We're going to talk about this. It's um, new uh, sort of uh, data protection legislation coming from the EU, and it starts enforcement next year, so we all need to get I think familiar with it and uh, ready for it. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the podcast team we have today is Luke Marson from iServe and Mark Ingram from Ingram Talent and Kim Leslie from SAP Success Factors. So anyway, uh, just a reminder for people looking for the podcast, you can find us on iTunes. Just search for SAP HCM Insights. Um, same thing on SoundCloud if you like that better. We have a LinkedIn group if you want to have a discussion or leave more comments and feedback at uh, the SAP HCM Insights LinkedIn group. And of course, the home for all of this is uh, the website at insightcp.com slash insights. From there, you can uh, see bios on the podcast team and uh, listen to all 50-some of our podcasts. You can just overdose on it over the weekend sometime um, and give us your feedback. Let us know. So that's that. That's the housekeeping. So, um, Kim, I've, I've just got some general I guess a general first question for you, this general data protection regulation. Um, you know, it, from what I've read, it's uh, it's pretty comprehensive and it's going to be starting, uh, they're going to start enforcement next year, I guess, in the May timeframe or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But who is subject to it? I mean, why why do companies need to care about this? What Why is this a big deal? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I can take that. So um, you're right. It will be enforced starting on May 25th, 2018, um, and it is, it's it's basically a replacement of the Data Protection Directive 9546EC. So basically the directive had a lot of data privacy um, regulations in it, but the directive for the EU meant that each country could implement those requirements um, in their own way. Mm -hmm. So this is a regulation, which means all EU um, countries have to follow it. Okay. So. But to your question about who it applies to, so essentially it applies to any any company, regardless of their location, if they're processing personal data of an EU citizen. Mm. So that means that it also applies to um, U.S. companies, for example, that have um, operations in a European Union company, a country, excuse me. Um, so it impacts a lot more companies than may be aware of it. Yeah, that's a lot. So. I mean, that's a pretty broad scope, really. Um, yes, it yeah. is. Wow. So, um, what what happens if um, if I don't do a good job protecting the data? I mean, what's what's the impact? <laughs> okay, this is probably one of the most um, talked about aspects of this regulation is the fines. So, in the past, fines for for not following good data privacy and protection practices was more like a slap on the wrist for companies, but now it's um, it can be fined up to 4% of your annual global turnover, a company's annual global turnover, um, or 20 million euros, whichever is more. Wow. So this means big fines, and that's for each each infraction mm -hmm. that they're found. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, companies are taking this seriously then. Yeah, yeah. the fines are pretty big. Um, I think, you know, for the, the worst sanction that you can get, um, is a fine of up to 20 million euros or 4% of annual worldwide turnover, mm -hmm. which is a pretty big fine. Um, you know, 
for any size business. Sure. So, Luke, how does this um, how is this addressed with the SAP SuccessFactors software itself? Um, you know, what will there be some new features coming out for customers, or just some uh, directions, or how is the SAP SuccessFactors helping customers address this? Well, SAP SuccessFactors have released a couple of um, documents on the website um, addressing some of the challenges and some of the ways in which they address um, GDPR. The biggest part of the GDPR is the, apart from the data that you can store, it's the uh, the right to erasure uh, of data, which was um, the part of the GDPR, which allows employees to re- request that data is erased after a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a little more detail behind that. But SAP success factors, while it's had some purge functionality for a, a time, a, there have been a few updates to that functionality that enable organizations to purge the data from the system um, that is needed based on um, a date range, um, if it has to be uh, based on that, if it's if it's a mass purging of data based on the guidelines or individuals based on specific requests or just at a time period. Um, and there's a couple of other things uh, I understand are in the works to enable um, organizations to better identify data that should be um, erased as per the GDPR. Um, or, or you know, just to to assist administrators with being able to stay compliant mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, and if I could just add to that a little bit. Um, so, as Luke was saying, so the the right to erasure it's sometimes called the right to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. So, um, another example or an example of that would be, let's say that I leave SAP Success Factors, and I could say I want you to delete all of my personal data. So I'm not an EU citizen, but let's say I was. Um, SAP success factors would be obligated to delete all that personal data um, as long as it's not still required for business use. So companies can get around it a little bit if there's still a business use um, about the right to erasure. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing to consider is there are different regulations, obviously, um, based on what data you want to delete. So, for example, for payroll, you know, you might need to keep your payroll tax records for seven years in one country Mm -hmm. and two years in another. So it's really complex. So if a person asks for have their data deleted, um, maybe some of it can be deleted right away, such as their leave of absence requests and things like that. But their payroll records, mm-hmm. their tax records maybe need to kept for certain periods of time. So there is a lot of development going on to ensure that when data is purged from SAP success factors that um, the system looks at all these different rules. So saying for in France, you want to keep your payroll data for seven years mm-hmm. versus, you know, et cetera, Germany for this amount of time to make sure that uh, data, only the data you want to be purged is actually purged because once it's gone, it is gone. Sure. But that, that brings up a, an interesting issue for customers maybe is, you know, what do I do then with data analytics, with HR analytics that, you know, if I'm looking at trends over time and whatnot, you know, if you just, you know, if, if a handful of employees say just erase all my data, then it's gone. And and how does that flow through into reporting and and other things like that? 
Well, one way to handle that is through um, masking of data, mm-hmm. so or, or erasing just the just the personally identifiable identifiable parts. Okay. So, so yeah. you can still have the aggregate data, but not be able to uh, track it back to a uh, specific individual. So it's the PII yeah. stuff that would be forgotten or erased. Correct. So like With, job, uh, job history and salary history, things like that could still be out there, but your you know socially social insurance number, for example, and name and address might be gone. Right. Yeah, with the last release, um, SuccessFactors quietly automatically added an extra attribute to all of the data models that was, uh, let's say, sensitive. And I think through that, you could anonymize or, or mask that data for analytics purposes. Mm-hmm. So will customers be able to handle all of this stuff just with uh, delivered software from SAP SuccessFactors? Or are they going to you know, uh, depend on some third-party tools also? Or do we know at this point? I think, I think the main third-party tools would be uh, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. At this point, we should definitely interject that we are not providing legal advice. So any yeah. any information we give you in this podcast, um, don't you don't don't use it without running it by your lawyers first. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. But, <laughs> but to to get to your question, so um. The effort it's going to take for companies to comply with the GDPR shouldn't be underestimated. So it's going to be a combination of the the software itself, as well as you know looking internally to assess where are you storing personal data, why is it being used, do you still need to use it for this, who has access to all this data. So internally, customers are going to have a lot of work to do to figure out where data is, why it's used, do they still need to keep it, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there are some tools out there, I believe, where you can use them to assess so where within my system landscape am I using personal data? So that would help you identify mm-hmm. where it is to help with that. Um, but um, it's going to be a combination. Yeah, well, and this is beyond SAP success factors too, right? Most companies will yes. have some internal systems or some systems from other vendors that would have you know employee information so you're right it's it's going to be a sounds like a great consulting opportunity actually it is and i know we're talking about hdm right now we're talking yes. about employee information but think about consumer companies mm-hmm. um, that have all sorts of data on all their all their consumers that are eu citizens and mm-hmm. um, one one point that was brought up to me recently which i thought was quite interesting is so Consent is a very important part of the GDPR. So in order to use someone's personal data or to collect it, you have to obtain consent from someone. It has to be clearly given, unambiguous. They have to be able to revoke consent at any time. And you can't tie that consent to um, the use of the service. So you can't say unless you give consent, you won't have the service. Got it. So think about... um, kids who will use video games online and provide their personal information. So according to GDPR, anyone under the age of 16, their parental consent is mm-hmm. required. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to find ways around that or to, to comply with the GDPR, I should say, not ways around well, it? Well, <laughs> yeah, kids, I was going to say, come on, we have kids. We know that kids will find a way around that. But, you know, yes. how, how do you yeah, make sure that you're in compliance with it? Yeah. Kim, Kim and I were talking about this earlier and – you know, I guess this is like a subset of the permission-based economy I've been reading about. Mm-hmm. And for me, like for a big area of data privacy in the area I care about is recruiting. And I was thinking about, you know, there are third-party uh, software or service companies out there 
that uh, basically mine, mine databases of resumes and they, they mine, uh, mm-hmm. for example, Monster and make that data available um, to, to their clients. Uh, and, and connected to uh, candidate relationship management systems and so on, and CRM in, on you know for for recruiting and, and not recruiting, and that kind of aggregation of personal data sounds like it'd be like a huge trickle effect in how you you know give how do you you know how do you give permission as a as mm-hmm. a Euro- European citizen for your data to be used when you know, you don't know which company it'll end up in in the hands of. Yeah, um, sounds like something very a very thorny issue. But if they don't, if these vendors don't get it right, it, they could, you know, it, they could go out of business or be out of compliance. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like it just uh, cuts right through their business model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So there's uh, this other right that I've read about a little bit, which is the right to be able to access my data. Right. So <laughs> the the right for me to see all the stuff that you have about me. So um, is is that something? that is on the roadmap for uh, success factors also where you know someone could you know when they access um, their employee profile or something like that where they could just sort of get a report of everything that the HR system knows about them so um, this is a roadmap item so this is future functionality so if anybody buys software based on this um, (laughs) (laughs) just just a caveat there no it's a roadmap item yeah sure it's a roadmap item. So yes, um, that is something SAP Success Factors is looking at and working on, I should say, not just looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's already possible to extract this data for the most part. So yeah. there's, you know, queries you can build to pull out personal data and where it's used throughout the system. Um, what we're working on at Success Factors is to making that simpler for customers to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So to be able to extract that data and to provide that to the individuals who are requesting it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You think that self-services could be uh, on a roadmap eventually from, you know, citizens just slow, just requesting it, or do you think it has to be an intermediary like a like a like a support request kind of? I don't know that companies would want to allow right. just anybody to be able to go self-service request it. So it's yeah. not number one on the roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so Luke, when you're talking with customers of. Um, you know, about implementations and, and talking about this, um, what are they saying? What are their concerns and, um, you know, how, how are you looking at addressing those? I think actually, taking a step back from that, one of the biggest challenges that I see is that actually many customers aren't really aware of the regulations. And if they are, they aren't necessarily... Um, Maybe maybe um, aware of how much the GDPR is going to impact them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're if you're in the US and you've got some European subsidiaries, you may not be aware of the impact of this on um, that data. Mm-hmm. You may think, well, it's only if I'm uh, I'm based in the EU or uh, something like that. And I think I think there's there's a lot more education still needed. Um, not. I mean, and not even just in in uh, the you know the U.S. and North America, but in Europe itself, there are still many uh, customers that aren't fully aware of the exact impact really? of GDPR and how this is going to impact them. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've read um, you know even within the last probably six weeks or so, um, you know 
um, articles and research showing that there's still a, a great lack of understanding about GDPR, what its impacts are um, on organizations, not, not, you know, not just in HR, um, although that's obviously one of the biggest stakeholders, but out, outside of HR as well. Um, so, you know, the challenge is for a lot of customers, um, particularly outside of the U.S., they don't always understand the data protection legislation of the European Union. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that can have an impact on you know, your data center, for example, where that is stored. But certainly many of them are not aware of, of GDPR and how it's going to impact them and on the processes they're going to need to put into place to stay compliant um, and to protect data in a way that's going to um, you know, keep them from some of those big fines that we mentioned at the start of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think just part of the role of, 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 of SAP, of their partners, of people like us, is to, I think to, to get the message out there and, and, and try and educate on customers that they need to really investigate um, how GDPR is going to impact them mm-hmm. um, for you know the employee data they've got on those um, uh, EU-based employees. Yeah, and uh, again for recruiting, if you've ever received a resume from outside of EU, you know, from within the European Union, then then it impacts your organization, right? For sure. Yeah. Right, and and just getting into that a little bit more. So that's one of the things that I mentioned earlier that companies need to look at their data processes, where they're storing data. Just to, to tack on to Mark's example, let's say an EU citizen applies for a job and then you forward it to hiring managers and the hiring managers download that resume and put it on their their <laughs> their personal computer. How do you ensure that that data is then deleted when that, that applicant requests their data be deleted? Mm-hmm. Do you have to put measures in place to stop sending these um, resumes out to hiring managers or to you know prohibit them from downloading them? I mean, there's, there's all sorts sure. of implications. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, the the downloads and just the sharing of, of data. I mean, that's that's been an issue for data protection in general for a long time. But um, yeah, for for this regulation, it it's like you said, Kim, it's going to be uh, important for customers to look at how they just manage and handle all that data. So so Kim, if if a listener wants to find out more details about all of this, or maybe start a conversation. Um, about what it means uh, for their success factors landscape. Um, are there some resources or some some contact points or something like that that you'd want to recommend that we point people to? Yeah, I think um, one of the best places to go is the SAP Cloud Trust Center. So that was released, I think, about six months ago. Mm-hmm. It's essentially, it's a public website um, which talks all about security uh, for for SAP in general, but also for success factors. So there you can find um, white papers on GDPR and what SAP's approach is. You can also find out specifics down to where all the data centers are, the data processing agreements. You can see examples of those and who all the sub-processors are. So that's another part of the, yeah. the GDPRs. Um, companies need to be able to know where data is being processed. So all that's available right now, today, on the SAP Cloud Trust Center. Okay. So that's where I would point customers to. Terrific. Luke, do you have anything else you want to bring up? I, I think just, you know, reiterating some of the things that we've mentioned, um, that customers really got to take a look at their data retention policies and the, and the sort of data that they're keeping and that they have the permission in place, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they've got. They're able to demonstrate, you know, the accountability 
behind all of their um you know the the data that they're storing and how they're using it um and they're able to demonstrate that data's only been used for the the purposes for which it's intended to be used mm-hmm. i mean that's already quite strong in a couple of countries like like germany and france but you know it, it's going to be more common now across the the eu and the you know, data security is all, all, always paramount. I, I think for for our non-EU listeners, you know, that there are certain parts of the European Union that have had strong data protection mm-hmm. uh, and data privacy regulations for quite a while, and this is really um, a strengthening that across the European Union. And the mindset is quite different from um, outside of the EU, um, where data is maybe handled. Um, you know, a, a little less tightly than it mm-hmm. is within the European Union. Um, a lot of a lot of people do take it quite um, quite seriously how their data is is handled and treated, mm-hmm. um, and it's different. And, and it is quite quite a different mindset to what we might see in you know in, in places like North America or, or, or South America. Mm-hmm. So it's just something that really needs to go on the radar of of HR professionals. Uh, you know. CHROs, VPs of HR, et cetera, and CIOs as well. I think there's, you know, yeah. the one thing is is policies and, and procedures and practices, but then the other is the technical aspect of how those are, infor- those are enforced and how they are managed within organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the same sort of um, protection regulation sort of spreads outside the EU after a while too. You know, we've seen so many data breaches in various countries and, um you know, I think that data protection is going to be on a lot more people's minds. And, um, you know, if this is, you know, the nice thing about this, um, I think, Kim, you were saying when we first began is that there were different um, applications, you know, of, of regulations in different mm-hmm. European countries before. The nice thing is that this uh, unifies all of that, right? So you have yes. one standard, right, that you have to apply to. Um, and that's good. So we'll we'll see yeah. what happens. I don't know. Yeah, and I think could happen in the U.S. You know, if if it had been around before the Equifax breach, then mm-hmm. they would have had to notify um, the affected uh, customers before they sold quickly. their stock. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and and yeah, just to add on to that point. So yeah, if the Equifax was subject to the GDPR regulation. I mean, they could have faced a fine of around $63 million based on their 2016 operating revenue Mm -hmm. because if and for not reporting that breach earlier than they did because they held on to that information for months. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Yeah, that's something else. It really, um, you know, it it makes things more complex, but, you know, it's also a a good thing too. It's it's a good thing for people to have some uh, security in how their data is is treated. All right, well, guys, thanks for everything. Thanks for all of your uh, information and uh, and discussion on this. And hope we'll uh, have everyone join us again in the near future. Thanks, guys. All right, all right thank, thank you. you. You wait until the podcast starts. It's going to be the most exciting thing in the world. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. They all are. Come on. I get that feedback all the time. Please, Steve, don't make it so exciting. We just get worked up. Come on. Tone it down a bit.